Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome here into State of the Sun Devils uh, for a pregame edition of the ASU versus UCLA football game. ASU comes into this game. Off an awesome victory with Trenton Borgay at quarterback alongside my friend Jake Anderson. Trenton time. Yeah, Trenton time. All right, well, Jesse, I'm trying to introduce you, and you're just talking over me. I'm, I'm about, yeah. I, and you remember you got mad at me last week for, call, for calling Jake my friend and not you. <laughs> so I was about to say, and my friend Jesse Morrison, but you know what? Um, Jesse, I love being your friend, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, it's good this week because I'm I'm running the board and I'm, I'll be able to mute Jesse whenever I want, so it's good. Um, Jesse, just initial thoughts going into this game where UCLA's ranked 12th. They're coming into uh, rocking Sun Devil Stadium with Trenton Borgay just leading the charge. What are your initial thoughts going into this one? Initial thoughts going into this one is that if ASU wants to win this game, they are going to have to win in a shootout. There's no way that ASU's defense is going to stop anything that UCLA is doing. I was reading uh, previews for this game, looking at stats for this game, and you know what I saw is that UCLA, they have quite the offense this season. Uh, yes, we they do. finally are seeing Dorian Thompson Robinson come to the quarterback that everybody thought he could be. The past I'm few shocked. seasons, and, I'm and yeah, shocked. I mean they, they are a they are a great offense. So ASU is just gonna have to keep up with the scoring. Got to win in a shootout. Hold on, real quick, are we going with the AP rankings where UCLA is ten, or are we going with college football playoff where UCLA is twelve? Because well, technically one matters more than the other, but one has more of like here's the, the top ten opponent aspect of it. Well, here's the thing: if UCLA wins out. They're going to make the college football playoff. No, I know, and that's what you play for. But my right. thing is, like, who are they playing right now? Are they playing a top 10 team or are they playing the number 12 team? Yeah, number 12. They're, I would, they're yeah. playing a good team. They're playing a very oh, good team. We know they're playing a good team, but when it comes to, you know, the record the record book and their history against top 10 opponents at Sun Devil Stadium, like, I'm, I'm sure they're going to include this one, no? Yeah, maybe. Um we're bearing the lead a little bit. Jesse's on his way to women's basketball availability. He's going to go talk to um, all the new players over there. You excited about that, Jesse? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we'll be talking to a couple players, a uh, couple new coming players, and I'll be talking to uh, the new head coach, Coach uh, Natasha Adair. So we'll uh, we'll get to talk about what she has to say uh, in our in our basketball preview podcast. So exactly. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, so that's why Jesse, you can you can hear him a, a little far away from the mic and uh, and on a, a Bluetooth probably, right, Jesse? Yeah, on Bluetooth, I'm driving my way to Tempe. I'm getting there at three, and then uh, is there anything better than Bluetooth on the way to Tempe? Yeah, there's also some rattling pots and pans <laughs> in the back of my car just because I just moved. So yeah, you know, it might not be in the best audio situation right now, but I do really well at talking in the car. So, you know, oh, I know. We throw it we know. We, we you know, we've talked about this before on Looking our way forward to the trip to Tucson. Yeah, on our way to and from games, uh we've talked about why don't we just record our conversations cuz I feel like people would really like that. Um okay. Back to the task at hand. Glenn Thomas, um 
he's the quarterbacks coach, right? And offensive coordinator, but he's not calling plays right now. Uh, Later in in this podcast, we're going to talk to Tim Healy, play by play host for the uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils football team and basketball team. We're going to talk to him a little bit about this. But Jake, you've been there a little bit at practice. Yeah. What what have you seen from Sean Aguano and and Glenn Thomas, and just how they're trying to figure out how the new play calling system is is working there? Well, I actually asked Sean Aguano that exact question. What is Glenn Thomas's role going to be going forward, given that Sean Aguano yeah, is now the play and, uh, caller? Yeah, and and Jeremy, that that cut is on your on your desktop there for you to play. It's it's right there for you. You're just gonna interrupt, Jake. Yeah, because I just you know I wanted to make sure that we drive that your drive your car. That, uh, All right, he's muted. He's muted. All right, Jake. Should I just repeat? Yeah, just keep going. Keep going or, or yeah, restart? Re, no, no, go ahead. Just just keep going. This is We're going to leave this in. Jesse, just talking over you. Okay. <laughs> so when I asked Sean Aguano that, Sean Aguano said that, you know, it's a tough decision to have to make with someone that you've been working with. Um, but obviously he felt comfortable enough to, you know, take his job into his own hands. But he did say that Sean and, and Glenn, they do still do the entire passing game together, obviously being a former running backs coach. That's who he is, you know, in his bones. And so he's going to want to run the football. Um, but he does get Glenn's uh, intake on the passing game. Obviously, Sean Aguano made the decision to keep Trent Borgay as a starting quarterback, and it's proven to be very effective. Granted, it was against Colorado, but we have not seen the offense look anything remotely. Even against NAU, they didn't look like that. So it, it's it's a, it's a, you know, two-coach I mean, if you even include Brian Billick, who we don't actually physically get to see, um, I mean, you have so many guys who are the coaches on the offensive side of the of the ball. Um, Sean Aguano said that um, Glenn Thomas stays up in the booth uh, to get you know the aerial view, the, you know the total twenty-two view, as they call it. Just... All twenty-two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm big on the all twenty-two. It's one of my favorite things to do is watch all twenty-two and see what the quarterbacks see. Well, that's my favorite part about ASU's press box being so high is you can actually see the safeties, whereas yeah. on camera, you it zooms in as the play goes on. So I don't understand what we're, <laughs> that aspect of it. But, you know, it is what it is. But Glenn Thomas is still going to have his thumbprint on this offense, whether it's pass games and suggestions and, and whatnot. But with Sean Aguano at the helm, it's obviously going to be, at least for the rest of the season, I would say, it's going to be whatever his final say is and what he wants to do. All right, here's Glenn Thomas talking about Sean, uh, or here's Sean Aguano talking about Glenn Thomas's role real quick. You know, Glenn does a great job. He was up in the, um, you know, he, he handles the pass game uh, with me. Um, you know, we go back information-wise from the, from the top. We're always talking. It's always hard uh, for someone when you have to make that decision, but, you know, he's done great uh, with our quarterbacks, with Trenton, in, in that conversation. Um, we still sit down and game plan together, and so... Um, it is a team effort on the offensive side. Maybe the play calling is um, is a little different, but uh, the way we prepare is is exactly the same. And so he plays a huge part. Uh, so going into this game, I, I what I really want to see is I, I want to see not only exactly what we saw last week. I want to see the running game get involved again, and the tight ends get involved again. I'm sure it will. And I think when a running back's getting over 130 yards, it's hard to beat 
any team in the country, not n- not just ASU, any team in the country. Uh, you saw it early in the season against, uh, I'm going to bring this up, Eastern Michigan when their running back who hadn't touched 50 yards ever in his career ran for over 250 yards. Hard to beat a team like that. So if ASU is able to establish a run and then – I, I thought last week they were going to use Borgay as a, as a decoy a little bit, but he threw for crazy amount of yards. But um, keep the pressure off of him a little bit and run it a little bit um, and use those tight ends as a safety net. I think it'll be another successful game. Jesse, I want to get your thoughts on the offense be- before we get to UCLA as a whole. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I think that they've got to run the ball, obviously. I mean, that would be a way that they potentially couldn't. Uh, have to win in a shootout. Um, Do we think they're going to yeah, try to yeah, run I mean, the just, ball and run the clock out, like kind of old school, and try to limit possessions? No, for because Chip Kelly, I or think keep I, what, what they did with that. Yeah, I think up-tempo. what they did last week was was perfect, and I think it it kept the defense on their toes. Like, what what's going to happen? What what is ASU going to do here? Um, no, and I think that was. Yeah, good. I mean, uh, just yeah, just as far as the offense, I I just think that they're going to have to run the ball. Um, and then they're going to have to keep utilizing the tight ends because I think that is that really unlocked what the potential of this offense was when they used those tight ends. So, yeah, just, just got to obviously run the ball, but get those tight ends involved and make sure that Elijah Badger gets to eat because <laughs> when he eats, it seems like they do well as a team. Yeah, um, Elijah Badger just cementing himself as the top receiver on this team and we, we i mean preseason we're like yeah elijah badger is gonna be good in the slot and all this stuff we didn't actually think he would be the team's best receiver and he's really solidifying himself as one of the best receivers in the pac-12 if not the country at this point all right let's move on to ucla uh dorian Tom, uh thompson robinson some mouthful i'm sorry um surprised he's still at ucla but he really bought in and he's he's still there and now he's on a uh top 12 team in the country right now um jake i want to get your thoughts on him he's one of six quarterbacks nationally averaging 240 yards passing while completing at least 70 percent of his passes what do you think asu needs to do to stop him this week so shauna guano said that they're gonna have to quote manufacture pressure um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's very hard with a dual threat quarterback because even when you do get pressure on him, he can then step up and, and take off. There's design draw plays out of the gun. And Chip Kelly, obviously, is one of the greatest college offensive masterminds in, of all time. So he will find a way to get, uh, you know, runs for his quarterback and as well as, you know, all the short little fly and a lot of noise and a lot of trickery that he does just to help his quarter out quarterback out, excuse me, in figuring out defenses. It's going to be interesting because I know how aggressive Donnie Henderson likes to be, but when you have a quarterback like this, I feel like it's going to be very similar to how they played against Spencer Sanders at OSU. I mean, it's a guy that you can't let escape because if he does, he's going to burn you. That's the the hardest part about a dual quarterback, dual threat quarterback is when you play man coverage, your back is going to be to the quarterback most of the time, and if he takes off, He's gone. I mean, it's at least 10 yards, and it's going to be a first down most of the time. So the defense has has a big, big test this week uh, in trying to stop and slow down this UCLA offense. But their defense isn't that great. 
So, like Jesse's been talking about, the shootout looks like it could be really the only way ASU has a chance in this one. And Jesse, I, I don't, I don't. Not only do I want to get your thoughts on Dorian Thompson Robinson, I want to get your thoughts on the running game as a whole because he's going to be a part of that as well. Zach Chabernay, he has nearly a thousand yards on the season, and his yards per carry is leading the nation in seven point five three. So to have that type of running game where you have a quarterback who's a dual threat quarterback and you have a running back who's leading the country in yards per carry. How difficult is that going to be for your ASU to stop? Yeah, it's going to be a, a huge task on Saturday, tomorrow for them to uh, stop this UCLA offense in general um, through the air on the ground, um, on the ground in particular, because obviously Thompson Robinson, he can, run the ball, but then you've got Charbonnet uh, out there. He's leading the nation in yards per carry. He's averaging well over seven yards per carry, almost eight yards per carry, which is insane. He almost gets a first down every time he touches the ball. Yeah, so, I, I would say yeah, eight I yards mean, is I close to the, 10, Jesse, yeah. yeah it's, uh, seven is close to 10, Jeremy. Eight is close to 10. Yeah, seven and a half, uh, you round up, that's so, eight. Ten. Yeah, seven and a half. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, again, I think it's going to be impossible for ASU to stop this uh, UCLA offense. You know, and I, I didn't even consider the fact that oh yeah, Chip Kelly's running this offense, running this ship as, as the coach here. So that's always difficult to to deal with. So ASU is going to just have to outscore. That's how they're going to stop them is by outscoring <laughs> them. So the offense has got a defense here. Yeah, they got to step up. And also, Jake, we'll talk about the wide receiver real quick. Jake, Bo Jake Bobo has 526 yards and six touchdowns this season. So um, Jordan Clark and uh, a bunch of those guys are going to have uh, their hands full. Um, the offense Throw is... Row Torrance on him. Let's see what he can do against Row Island. Yeah, Row Torrance, six foot four, runs like a 4'4". Four four. Just a ridiculous athlete, that guy. Um, number nine in total offense for UCLA this season, and they're number 48 in total defense, which is not that bad. ASU just got to be on their A game on offense this week. Jesse, I'm going to start with you. I need your prediction for this game before you get the to the Weather Up Center and go talk to the women's basketball team. Financial arena, actually. Oh, it's at DFA. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my prediction, oh, man, I, I just can't pick ASU in this game as much as I want to. I think it's going to be 48 to 31 UCLA. I think the last time ASU played a UCLA team that was ranked this high, they went into – uh, Pasadena and beat that. I was there. I was there as well, Jake. Hey. Yeah, in 20, uh, we're 20, not friends. 20, 2015. Well, we didn't as know. As we each. stated earlier yeah. in the podcast. Um, yeah, that was in 2015. Uh, Kalen Balaj with the big run uh, to ice the That's game. When he got carried like 20 yards. Yeah, by the offensive line. <laughs> was incredible. Um, ASU just has UCLA's number at some like when they're ranked this high. Uh, they were ranked 20th uh, last year, I believe, and ASU went into Pasadena and beat them. Pick the game. Pick the game? Do we want to go all the way back to 2013 when Carl Bradford had that late sack? I think ASU pulls this one out. This is a not, not only is this a must-win game for ASU because every game is a must-win game, and I hate that statement, but if they do not win this oh. game, they have to win the rest of their games, the remaining games, to become bowl eligible. So... They have to win this one, and I think ASU does 35 
to 31. I'm just going to throw a few more numbers at you before I give my prediction. Yeah. Um, it's an 11-point spread. Mm-hmm. ASU is obviously the underdog. Um, but a couple of numbers that stuck out to me were third down percentage. UCLA converts 51% of the time on third down. That is ranked for 17th in the country. Um, and then points per game are almost at 40 points a game, which is also 11th in the country. So those stick out to me in terms of how offensive the game could be. Um, I do think they, like I said, with the whole road aspect, I think that causes them to maybe slip up a little bit and give ASU a little bit of a punch in this game. But at the end of the day, I still think UCLA is the better team. Uh, I'm going to go 38-34 Bruins. Jake, Jesse, I appreciate you guys. What were our preseason predictions? <laughs> we probably picked ASU to, to win this game, actually. I, th- I think we all picked ASU to win this game. I, I think the graphics in our team's chat my chat with you, Jeremy. Yeah. So it's it's like right there in our chat if you want to check that out. And I got it. I got it. Now. Yeah, I'm on it too. It's we all had them losing. Oh well, there you go. We all okay. have them losing the next two games. This was both you guys had them in a in a free fall. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I was right just at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but I mean, I still think this team's got a shot at winning six. I do, too. I do, too. They have to win this game because you're on the road against Washington State next weekend, and that's going to be tough. you got to win one of those two and then win the other two. Yeah. Uh, We're going to be joined right now by uh, Tim Healy, play-by-play host for Sun Devil Football, and he's going to preview the game with us. And we're going to welcome in Tim Healy, uh, play-by-play broadcaster for ASU, both football and basketball. We're going to talk football a little bit with him. Alongside Jesse Morrison, Jake Anderson, and myself, Jeremy Schnell as well. Uh, Tim, thanks for doing this, first of all. And uh, second, um, obviously, big win last week, and everybody's going to talk about what's going on with the quarterback situation. Trenton Borgay had himself a game. Um, what do you think about everything that's going on at ASU in terms of the quarterback situation? Well, as far as the quarterback situation is concerned, in some ways, in a way, it's almost not a situation anymore because uh, Coach Aguano made it clear earlier this week that uh, Trenton had earned the right to continue on as the starting quarterback. And certainly he's done that. Uh, What has he thrown for 617 yards and six touchdowns in the two games he's played one, he came off the bench uh, to lead a win over Washington. And then last week in his first uh, career start throws for an incredible 435 yards at Colorado and More than his throwing or passing, the thing that has impressed me the most about Trenton is his command, his field presence, the poise. Uh, I even voiced it, uh, articulated it to some of the players this week in interviews. I asked Jalen Conyers about it. I asked Coach Iguano about it on his radio show that, to me, in my opinion, Trenton Borgay has something of an it factor. That's a word I heard a lot coming up through the broadcast uh, ranks. In my, I used to, I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, in my prior life, a long time ago, I used to be a television news and sports anchor for 26 years before I uh, got the job as uh, ASU's radio voice. And in several of my jobs, I didn't uh, rise to the you know main weeknight anchor or main weeknight sports anchor position that I had aspired to. And I was told that, you know, some other guys, some other people had more of an it factor. (laughs) And the big, you know, the big thing is what is it? 
And uh, I don't know what it is, but sometimes when people have it in certain walks of life, you know. And to me, uh, Trenton Bourget has a little bit of that kind of it factor about him, just the way he commands the field. He knows this offense really well. His teammates clearly trust him. And it's just been uh, compelling, in my opinion, to see the way that the offense has moved the football under his leadership because, I mean, Emory Jones has all the physical attributes you could want. You know, he's a tremendous athlete. He's a good runner. He has speed. He's got a strong arm. But there's just something about the game management skills that Trenton has that has just been a a big (laughs) difference and a major factor, I think, in the team's uh, play in the two games in which he has played. And, uh, you know, he's the starting quarterback moving forward. And, um, and I think, I think the guys have a lot of confidence in him. I think the team has, in fact, the, um, I just got done as we take this, uh, conversation right now, I just, uh, taped my pregame interview with coach Aguano, uh, just about an hour ago over in his office. And, uh, the first question I asked him was, um, you know, giving away some of the interview that's going to air tomorrow night, right before kickoff. But the first question I asked him is with the team's better play, the last three games winning two, and they probably should have won the Stanford game. So they should really be on a three game winning streak coming into this UCLA contest. I asked him, do you feel like your team has gotten increased confidence or mojo? And he basically said they had. And my next question was, do you, do you think Trenton Borgay is a big reason for that? And I personally do. I think the, the and it's not just the offensive guys. I think I think the guys on the defensive side of the ball uh, believe in him. I talked to Jordan Clark uh, the week after Trenton came off the bench to lead the Washington win, and Jordan was just effusive in his praise of uh, uh, Trenton and his uh, ability. So uh, it's been a really uh, compelling thing to watch. And if by some chance. Uh, the Sun Devils can win some games here in November, and they've got a tough road to hoe. They're probably going to be the underdogs in all four of their remaining games, two of which will be against nationally ranked teams, UCLA tomorrow. And uh, let's keep in mind, Oregon State is ranked 23rd in this week's poll, and they're up uh, in two weeks. Uh, and then a tough trip to a wintry uh, Pullman to play Washington Never State want to go there. Week. Never want and, to go to Pullman uh, in the middle Pullman. of November. It's, it's <laughs> not as bad as you think, guys. It's a nice college town, and uh, there's some good oh, I, I've been there. there. I, I've been there for but, uh, sure. It's, it's well, just, I've been there many, many times. Yeah, it's, but, uh, you yeah, just it never want to go in the middle of November for sure. It's uh, <laughs> isolated, and it's supposed to be around uh, 33 is the high temperature <laughs> forecast for next Saturday with like a 40% chance of snow. At least it's a day uh, game. But uh, in any event, there, if by chance uh, – Uh, Trenton can lead them to some victories uh, down the stretch. This is going to be kind of a feel-good story that I think, you know, Sun Devil athletics, especially Sun Devil football, really, really could use right now. Yeah. So uh, um, it's going to be fun to watch down the final month. But, yeah, this has been been something to uh, see. I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of the year that uh, late in the season we'd be talking about Trenton Borgay as being the quarterback – uh, of the Arizona State football team and doing so in uh, uh, coming off some stellar, stellar performances. And Tim, I wanted to uh, get over to just the play calling in general. And, you know, you got uh, Sean Aguano now calling the plays and, you know, looked like the tight ends got more involved. It was just a better clicking offense. How would you evaluate uh, Sean Aguano taking over the play calling? 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that was a key, that was a key element too. The offense did look uh, to be a little bit more diversified, and certainly, uh, I think we've all been saying uh, for weeks, you know. And heck, I remember going back into the preseason, we kind of felt like the tight ends would be heavily involved in the offense, and we've said that actually for a couple of years, it seems like, and it just never really seemed to materialize. And this year, we thought it would because you have such uh, specimens uh, physically at the position in Messiah Swinson, who's 6'8". And man, I know if I was a quarterback, especially a quarterback who's 5'11", like Trenton Borgay, and I had a 6'8 target downfield, I'd be looking at that guy. And Messiah Swinson, let us not forget, had three catches for 55 yards on Saturday against Colorado. And he made some big receptions as well as Jalen Conyers. And Conyers is a stud physically, you know, uh, uh, who was it? Trenton Borgay told me this week that, uh, you know, there's YouTube video out there of Jalen Conyers, like doing windmill dunks uh, <laughs> in basketball. In fact, an interesting little note, I, Jalen Conyers was at basketball practice yesterday. Oh, wow. And, uh, uh, you know, just observing, uh, but, uh, uh, he, you know, I think he was a good hoop player in high school in Texas, but uh, he's, he's an athlete and of course had a tremendous game at Colorado. So I would hope that uh, that game showed that the uh, tight ends should be continue to be uh, significant components of the offensive game plan because I think they pr- present matchup problems not just for Colorado's defense but for any defense that they're going to go up against. And uh, I've always been a, been a big fan of uh, tight ends in my years watching football. I grew up in the uh, Washington D.C. area as a fan of the uh, I don't know what to call them the Redskins, football team. the football team, yeah. the Commanders. <laughs> the fighting Snyders. Of course, I think Dan Snyder's the worst owner in pro sports and hopefully he'll be out of there. Go uh, Durs. Way, uh, way to fit that in there. <laughs> but, uh, but in any event, um, the, my, the first tight end that I really was drawn to as a fan was uh, ironically uh, the late Jerry Smith, former Arizona state Sun Devil who played for Frank Cush. And uh, in the late sixties and early mid seventies, I felt Jerry Smith was not the physical prototype. He was more like a, He'd probably be more like a like a wide receiver or a hybrid uh, today, but he was the best pass catching tight end I ever saw. And uh, ever since then, I've been a fan of uh, tight end play. And then uh, uh, you know, fast forward to the Arizona State era, and we've had guys like Todd Heap and Zach Miller and Chris Coyle, who have been terrific uh, tight ends at Arizona State. And uh, I think it would be great to get that legacy going again. And uh, let's see how they finish down the stretch, but certainly I think uh, it would be surprising if uh, Messiah Swenson and Jalen Conyers were not uh, frequently targeted and key components of the game plans moving forward. Uh, Tim Healy, the Sun Devil Radio Network play-by-play announcer, joining us here on State of the Sun Devils. Tim, I wanted to ask you about UCLA, given that they are 7-1, and one, but they've only been on the road twice this year. That was Oregon and, and Colorado, and obviously we saw what ASU just did to Colorado on the road. What do you think, you know, Sun Devil Stadium, and hopefully we can get a, a bigger crowd, but what do you think that that home field advantage can do? And given the history of ASU being able to upset these top 10 teams when they're trying to go on their playoff runs? I think it's going to be uh, kind of fun to watch because uh, what's the number now? I think it's uh... – Three consecutive times, Sun Devil, uh, Arizona State has hosted a top 10 ranked opponent, and they won the last uh, three that they have. Uh, beat Notre Dame in 2014, and boy, that was uh, <clears throat> that was still, you know, this is my 25th year, and that still ranks 
as one of the uh, most thrilling games I've ever seen. In fact, I did a, uh, I don't know if you guys get a chance to see it, but in honor of this being my 25th year as the uh, radio voice, I was asked to write and did write an uh, article for the ASU Athletics website before the season started, uh, Tim's Top 25, my 25 top moments calling football, men's basketball, and baseball over the last quarter century. And uh, one of them was uh, the November 2014 uh, fifth victory over uh, Notre Dame. I think it was 55-31. It was an unbelievable game. Sun Devils were up 34-3. The Irish scored four unanswered touchdowns, and it looked like the Devils were going to blow that lead. And then ASU uh, had a significant counterpunch in the fourth quarter, including a pick six by one of their defensive backs, Lloyd Carrington, that kind of sealed the deal. And uh, I don't think, I wrote my article, I don't think the Arizona State program has ever been at a better place in the 25 years I've done the games than after that win over Notre Dame because that win propelled ASU into this number six spot in the first ever college football playoff ranking. Right behind Alabama. Uh, yeah, and the, you know, and the way uh, the program has struggled the last couple of years, uh, you know, some jaws would drop to hear that Arizona State was actually in the first ever college football playoff. They were in contention to be in it. Uh, before they, the following week, they went up and lost a game at Oregon State, and then two weeks later lost the Territorial Cup game that cost them the Pac-12 South title, which Arizona won by virtue of that victory. But And really, the program hasn't been in as great a place in terms of its national uh, prestige and rankings since then. But that win was huge. And then in October of 2017, the Sun Devils hosted Washington when they came in here, ranked fifth in the nation, coming off their entrance into the 2016 college football playoff. And uh, that was that was a stunner. The Sun Devils won that game 13 to seven, were magnificent defensively. And it was stunning because Arizona State, for quite a while, the uh, couple of years prior, had been anything but magnificent on defense. Uh, their defense had not been good for the prior couple of years. And early in that 17 season, it wasn't great. But uh, their defensive coordinator at the time, that was Todd Graham's final year as coach, Phil Bennett, was the defensive coordinator. And boy, oh boy, did he uh, he get them ready for that game. And they uh, beat the Huskies in a thriller and the fans stormed the field after the game. And then the uh, tremendous win uh, three years ago in 2019 over number six, Oregon, late in the year when uh, Jaden Daniels threw for over 400 yards as a freshman and uh, ABC had their top crew, Kirk Herbstreet and uh, uh, Chris Fowler were here to call that game on national television. And that game made my top 25 list. And I pointed out in my article that I don't know that Sun Devil Stadium ever looked better than it did that night because it was a 545 kickoff, uh, you know, late November. So it was just, you know, sunset, uh, the bright lights of ABC, the stadium just looked spectacular. It was filled up, a lot of Oregon fans, great atmosphere. And that was one heck of a football game. But uh, I don't know, there seems to be some magic when uh, Sun Devil Stadium when the Devils host a top 10 team in recent years, I mean, it's going to be a tall task uh, tomorrow night. UCLA is really good. They're really good offensively. Uh, probably the best running back in the league and Zach Charbonnet, one of the top dual threat quarterbacks in the league and Dorian Thompson Robinson. And they've got other weapons offensively too, but uh, uh, it's going to be hopefully a better crowd tomorrow, you know, tomorrow night. Uh, uh, I, I, I sense there's a good vibe in Sun Devil Nation about Coach Aguano 
and the work he's doing. And now with a, an Arizona kid, Trenton Borgay as quarterback, um, this has the potential to be a neat feel good story. If, if they can win some games here down the stretch, uh, starting tomorrow night. Thanks Tim for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate the insight and, uh, look forward to hearing you tomorrow on the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks to Tim Healy. Thanks to Jesse Morrison for joining me on the phone. And thanks to you, not me. Yeah. And and Jake as well. Thanks to Jake Anderson. Um, (laughs) You you can go and check out Jake's uh, articles on ArizonaSports.com. You can follow us on Twitter at AZ Sports Devils. Um, We'll have a bunch of different content for everyone tomorrow, including our pregame stand up on the field and uh, during the game videos, all that stuff. You can go over to az sports on twitter as well thanks again we'll uh we'll uh, talk yeah. right, what, what do you want what do you want i love how you refer to tim as a play-by-play host i didn't know that you hosted play-by-play play-by-play broadcaster i'm so, I'm so sorry there you go i'm so there sorry <laughs> <laughs> thanks again to tim healy thanks to jesse morrison thanks to jake anderson for all those guys i'm jeremy schnell we'll talk to you before the game tomorrow ciao hey hey look tailgate stuff